0: Good morning. This is Jay Westerveld with Free Speech Stephen Keeter's weekly show, and as always, with us in the studio is the host himself, Stephen. How are you?
1: Still alive? Well, it's good. Still alive? Busy day it looks like. Yes, yes, it is. It's beautiful weather, and uh, obviously, we're trying to put it to uh, uh, very good use
0: for sure. And you know, before maybe we get into the show, obviously, it's important to acknowledge that it is September 11th. 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary yeah the uh the terrorist attacks uh on our world trade center and on the pentagon and um you know uh, quite a horrible time and uh, oh they we had uh in the warwick dispatch i actually had submitted an editorial about it that's on the back cover uh with a photograph i took in um 2012 of uh, a beautiful uh installation that was in the uh uh, St. John the Divine Cathedral uh, on Amsterdam, just across from uh, Columbia's Morningside campus. And I was really happy to see that it, that was printed along with on the back page of this week's um, dispatch uh, little schedule of things that are going on. It's an interesting time. And, you know, 20 years after the attacks, um, many interesting things are coming out. A, a lot of us may or may not remember, according to who you are, that um, the actor Steve Buscemi was mm-hmm. former uh, FDNY, and during the attacks, he immediately you know, dropped what he was doing and went down there and got into the hole with everybody else digging through the rubble. I think he was there for about a week. I don't remember the exact number, but he just um, penned a really nice piece. I think it was in People Magazine, Stephen. Uh, anybody can look it up at home. Uh, please Google Steve Buscemi. Uh, B as in Bravo, U-S-C is in Charlie, E-M-I. And uh, he wrote a nice piece about how 20 years ago people were saying hey 20 or more years from now we may see more effects uh negative after effects uh health effects for the workers who are down there in the hole working and as steve buscemi says actually it's been less than 20 uh fewer than 20 years and uh right now we've had more actual fatalities from first responders who went there to work in the hole than there were on the day of the attacks that's a pretty sobering um sort of figure And, uh, you know, normally Steven and I like to keep it very positive on this show, but this is a, a day where we have to remember. And as I said in this article and not to belabor it too much in my editorial piece, you know, today we remember, uh, those whose lives were lost and those who, whose lives were lost over the past 20 years, uh, succumbing to a lot of the asbestos and other inhalation of other, um minerals and chemicals there that uh, cause them to contract cancer and die. And it's been a horrible thing. And, uh, but again, we, we do try to keep things sort of positive. And I guess the positive takeaway from this is that, you know, maybe the rest of us can try to be a little less miserable about our lives and try to remember you know, it's amazing, Stephen, that day that it happened. It was kind of like today, a beautiful, lovely day.
1: Absolutely. And I think everybody remembers that moment. That, you know, certain things just get stuck in your memory. You always remember what you did, where you were on that yeah. particular day. I certainly remember very vividly what I was doing. you absolutely right. It was a day just like this. It was beautiful. It was sunny. Um, I'm also... Was that a weekday or was that uh, sort of like a weekend uh, kind of thing? Because it's a because good question. It was a weekday uh, because I did have a closing. I worked at the, uh, on the construction site. I remember we were roofing a project. Uh, so, oh, but, but I did have uh, some sort of like a legal uh, like closing. Uh, so that means weekday. Weekday, for day. sure. Yeah. You know, it's
0: interesting. I think uh, you make a great point. Everybody probably remembers exactly what they were doing when they first heard and saw yeah. the news. You know, it's, it's been it amazing.
1: Took, it uh, took a little bit because it was unfolding as the morning. You know, uh, we got the uh, I used to have an office in New York City and I got a bunch of phone calls and everybody was asking what's happening and I was busy on the site. I didn't quite, uh, you know, so we all tuned in the radios and everything was uh, listening and it first appeared as just kind of like an accident. And, you know, maybe right. a pilot had a heart attack or something like that. It wasn't the magnitude. It wasn't been uh, reported yet that the, the plane that actually uh, struck... Uh, one of the towers was, was, uh, the size and the scale and the Boeing, you know? right. So everybody thought maybe it was just one of those small planes that people just take over the New York city down the Hudson uh, river for, for right. sightseeing. Sightseer. Sure. Yeah. And that,
0: you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that because prior to nine 11, you know, I was, a, I was, I was a private pilot for an awfully long time. And we used to be able to fly up and down the Hudson. In fact, if you had a float plane or a seaplane, you were allowed to fly beneath the bridges. Because you also could deal with the rule, you know, nautical rules. And I used to fly a float plane, my friend's uh, Cessna 172 Skyhawk, um, right out of Warwick off of Wickham Lake. And we'd, you know, fly up and down the river. We'd go right in, you know, over the stock exchange and all these interesting buildings. And all that stopped dead after that, you know, for good reason. Because I used to always marvel that at so many of these tiny private airports, you know, any of these even homespun like Tim McVeigh types from, you know, many years prior to 9 11. Could easily hijack, you know, any little Cessna with a Briggs and Stratton key, you know, from a, uh, essentially a lawn tractor, and fill it with what they want. And when I first heard about this, that's what I'd assumed had happened. And then I thought, well, <clears throat> maybe it was a pilot. Well, it's right over the city. It can't be autopilot. That's not even legal at that point. And it was a bright sunny day, so. It wasn't IFR rules; they were flying visual rules, so you know there's no need for that. So it it was a very strange situation. Then, when the second one hit, I think everybody realized uh, that it it something you know really uh, nefarious was afoot. But I think very few people, especially those people standing there downtown watching this unfold, watching where the two planes hit, nobody expected. It.
1: The no, I don't think, uh, you know, there was a realization at that particular moment to, to you know, to, to what degree and magn- magnitude this was.
0: Uh... Yeah, what what really was unfolding. I mean, it, it was just so in so many ways jarring. And, you know, it's interesting. I just read a story. I can't believe only 20 years later I learned about this, that there was a survivor who was sort of running from his office down a stairwell. And finally, when the building was shaking and vibrating so much, he curled up into the fetal position in a corner in a stairwell, felt the floor and everything give, felt himself falling at ultra high speed on this slab. <clears throat> he describes it as feeling like he was being sandblasted. Then when he got to the bottom, he ran out. Stephen, I just learned this uh, last week. I, didn't, I never knew about this guy and i thought oh this is some you know another nutty uh, internet story or something but no it's it's actually factual I, I couldn't believe it because i've always been under under the understanding that there were no survivors from within the buildings that was a strange one if anybody listening has any information on that or you know you google it yourself uh feel free to call in to the station here eight uh, four five 845-651-1110 um we'd love to hear your input on it uh, especially if it's not politicized input in any way but uh, so today we, we remember that, we remember what true heroism is, we remember why uh, we, we honor uh, this great loss because it made such dramatic changes. And, you know, Stephen, interestingly, <clears throat> almost immediately thereafter, I had to fly over to Central Europe and I was in Moscow. And I remember in Moscow, uh, so 02, everybody wearing Yankees caps and stuff. You know, or just about, you know, all these people, it seems like overnight people were, you know, oh, you're American, you know, hugging me. It's like, guys, I'm, I'm just a dude, you know. But it was <laughs> well, interesting.
1: The, when the Iron Curtain that has been isolating uh, former Soviet Union for so, so, so many decades and, and years finally came down, it's almost like it was a flood of everything was taken to the extreme. Yes, everybody <laughs> was wearing uh, Yankees caps, for sure. Yankees caps, because that was sort of like a symbol of freedom and uh that that what america is associated with yeah and
0: it's it's interesting because they really people seem to really feel this loss uh with the united states yeah. and new york and uh you know certainly dc uh,
1: you know out of uh, solidarity people are very uh you know um you know they take uh, somebody else's uh grief very very personal and close and uh that personal uh Kind of like attitude could be seen on the streets and uh, people wearing and out sure. of solidarity. Uh, this could have happened to to any country, Absolutely. To anywhere.
0: Absolutely, it's it's amazing that it happened where it did, the way it did. It's um, it the you know everything about it is shocking and horrible. And and you know it's interesting because here in Warwick, New York, this is in Orange County, and as I've mentioned on my Monday show, and I think I may have mentioned in here. Um, this is the farthest point away from New York City <clears throat> that a civil servant, so say a city firefighter, uh city- Allowed to reside, yeah. Yeah, allowed to reside. So there were a lot of losses from here. They, one of the really poignant things was at the park and rides, seeing all the cars still there a week, a month afterward, covered in just normal day-to-day dust from up here because the owners were lost and nobody was really sure. It took so long to account for everything. Another thing on the day of September 11th is, I think we all expected there to be survivors. We all always sort of presume, well, you know, helicopters will be deployed to evacuate rooftops, et cetera. And we didn't see any of that. I mean, you know, because every um, air traffic was almost completely shut down, including emergency. There was no way for them to really get there. It was a shock on so many levels. and. Having so many friends uh, who were there in the hole, and having lost quite a few friends to it, um, it's it's it really just makes you remember how this thing can happen anywhere to anyone. It's kind of strange, and it's you know it's unfortunately it's all too easy for so many of my compatriots here in the states to point fingers at other countries who take a harder line against potential terrorism and, um, especially Islamist, uh, extremism, but these things are real, you know, it may not sound like it's polite to speak in those terms, but you know, when something's so habitually recurrent from one corner, one ideological corner, maybe sometimes it's, it's smart to take a stronger stance and, uh, You know, I think that's another thing September 11th has to remind us is that the US has to remain vigilant. And one thing I said in my editorial uh, in the dispatch, and I I, I mean this, uh, we should never ever feel compelled to forgive that evil. You know, it would be like, um, you know, having Holocaust survivors forgive the Nazis. You don't forgive that because the minute you forgive it to some degree, you become complicit to its potential recurrence in the future, you know, and, I think when something is that evil, like the uh, September 11th uh, terror attacks against our our country and against these people from all different nations in the World Trade Center, um, nobody should feel like they have to forgive or they have to try to find some high road to it. Right after it happened, Richard Gere, who's a New York resident, you know, actor, of course, and a very high profile Tibetan Buddhist started immediately talking. I mean, this was within two days of it about how we have to forgive and how we have to take it easy. And um, that ended his career. Uh, And, you know, I I love Richard Gere. I'm on the same page with him uh, philosophically and all, but I agree with that ending his career. That wasn't the time to say that. You know, so before I think my fellow Americans really criticize other countries for taking a harder stance, we have to really look at what it's all about, you know. But uh, nice to see the, uh, you know moving on to this, nice to see this week's Warwick Valley Dispatch, which we talk about so much here because it's the other bastion of true free speech, free of internet uh, interdiction.
1: You know, it's uh, the only uh, newspaper that has been uh, still in uh, representing the hometown for the past 136 years. That's amazing. It's just about as old as, uh, as the school. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, almost, uh, you know, been around for anybody and everybody uh, that could remember the, the recorded history of uh, Warwick, sure. if, you, if you will. And uh, recording <clears throat> that history was none other than uh, the local hometown paper. Uh, I absolutely love the uh, cover piece, and uh, I hope uh, people and uh, readers don't need to kind of like, it's, it's, it's a great span of Wawayanda uh, Creek, uh, and the title of the uh, cover article is Way, Way Under, which we all experience in uh, half of probably Warwick uh, that uh, resides around Yonder Creek still pumping their sellers.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy i mean you'd think that here we are in the 21st century with so many studies being done you know so so much taxpayer funding uh especially through the village being thrown into i mean i i personally know some of the consultants they brought in to look this over and come up with uh flood easing uh, measures that none of those have really been implemented so it
1: you know it happens. Uh, on west street uh, not, i'm sorry not on west spring street it's called uh, oh, spring yeah. for a reason and used to flood and used to be like you you would you wish you would have a boat after one of those uh, heavy rains and used to flood and have a foot of uh, water just running down on on top of the uh, road and uh, i want to say about maybe six seven years ago they put a new culvert uh, right underneath they put that river that runs yeah. alongside in a pipe essentially because that's like a live river when you look at correct storm that, drains during yes. a drought yep. yeah that that's that's a river That is a, spring, a, a uh, subterranean yeah. river uh, that was put in a pipe that did uh, help the situation on good. spring street good but uh, we still see a lot of uh, room for improvement so to speak yeah which I we, we, we can probably talk about right after the break
0: are all flocking to Sam's Meat Warehouse. Sam's offers the finest selection of prime meats in New York and New Jersey. Whether Wagyu or Frank Burgers, prime filets or Delmonico's, pork chops or prime rib, Sam's, located in the village of Florida, is the jewel of New York and New Jersey for those who will settle for nothing less than the best. Learn about where your meat comes from, recipes, and incredible pricing. For specials and giveaways, visit Facebook at Sam's
2: Meat Warehouse. The Warwick Valley Dispatch has been run by the same family since 1885 and is your local newspaper covering Warwick, Goshen, Monroe, Middletown and all the great towns, villages and neighborhoods in Orange County. The Dispatch reports on all the news that affects residents, organizations and businesses throughout the county. So if you want to promote your business or organization, email editor at wvdispatch.com. Shop local, subscribe to the Warwick Valley Dispatch. This is Rocket Richie, the play-by-play guy. The only place you can listen live to Warwick Wildcats football is right here on WTBQ. Brought to you by St. Anthony Community Hospital, Sam's Mead Warehouse, the computer guy, and the breezy. Hi, this is Orange County
0: Executive Steve Newhouse. Join me and my guests every Monday on the roundtable at 9 a.m. A.m., 1110, 93.5 FM, WTBQ. we're back with free speech this is jay westerveld uh bringing us back into stephen keeter's weekly show here and uh quickly before we go back into it, remember today is september 11th uh maybe we can all refrain from too much bickering and remember the tremendous sacrifices and the horrific losses of so many of our neighbors uh during those horrible terror attacks and um Before the quick break, we were talking about this week's issue of the Warwick Valley Dispatch, Warwick's hometown newspaper. You hear Warwick here a lot. A lot of the listening area, a lot of you guys who call in, a lot of people who then email me, are from quite far away. WTBQFM and um, WGHT both uh, transmit to quite far away. Uh, All five boroughs of New York City, a little bit of Nassau County, believe it or not. Uh, Rockland County, New York. Eastern Pennsylvania, Northern New Jersey, counties north of here such as Sullivan and Ulster, uh, both have, they receive uh, some signal, even sometimes Fairfield County, Connecticut, believe it or not, I've actually caught it on 84. So, you know, all these areas were really affected uh, by these terror attacks. And uh, you all get to hear this radio station. The beauty of this radio station is that it is independent. It's not owned by a big conglomerate. Over time, over my lifetime, certainly I've seen the independent stations all scapped up by larger corporations. It's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's just the nature of the evolution of business. You know, the bigger fish live and in a pond where there's all different fish, the bigger and bigger ones tend to eat more of the smaller ones until you're left with a handful of big fish (laughs) here, thankfully in Warwick, uh, the Warwick Valley dispatch, much like WTBQ radio, both independent survive. Without eating up the competition, but instead by just doing the right thing themselves. And you actually get to see real unbiased news at both of these outlets. And they're both, again, non internet, which is really nice, non social media outlets, which are such a rare source of news in this day and age. And with the dispatch, they will absolutely print editorials and letters that come in, as long as it's not something, you know, absurd and, you know, saying, you know, the, the the president is a Tyrannosaurus Rex and drag or something. But if it's something relatively reasonable and uh, not impugning other people really horribly, they'll print it. They print both sides of the aisle uh, opinions. Um, the, as far as our elected leaders, they don't care. They print the word of all elected leaders. It was saddening to hear that one elected leader uh, right in the village of Warwick decided not to run his column anymore and instead saw his personal um his he fits as being more important than serving his constituency with his informative weekly column but again that's just the nature of the beast when you're dealing with um human terrain some people are actual public servants and other people are really just into it for themselves and if they don't like uh the layout of the stage they uh they walk off and that's what happened in that case and you know, the paper survives perfectly well uh, without that elected official, and the others are doing a nice job. And I love the layout. It starts out hyper local. First page is Warwick. Next pages are village life, the villages in Warwick, the village of Florida, and the village of Greenwood Lake. Then we have county news, which is wonderful. Then it goes on more to sort of state news. Then there's a living section, a money section. And the reason for this, as we've said on previous shows, is because it's a weekly newspaper. And unlike the people who ran it into the ground over the past 20 years, who treated it like a daily, the present editorial staff understand that it's a weekly newspaper, something that's hopefully going to sit on people's coffee table throughout the week. So it's more relevant, wider, broader, far more interesting news and events calendars in here that cover a whole week instead of just well, you know, there was a cupcake sale here or, you know, this, you know, there was this or that game. You can get all that stuff in this paper, but more importantly, we have a lot more lifestyle wide things that we see in here. Um, I say we, uh, I was involved in getting the paper up and running uh, to help the present people. And I'm really loving what they're doing, frankly. And I see a lot of new things coming in here. I see Keith Newman, uh, guest columnist
1: uh, talking yeah. about grilling.
0: Stephen, he's been a guest on your
1: Thursday show, Food for Thought. He has been actually twice present on Food for Thought. Uh, he's a, a chef at Borland House that has a wonderful event coming up. Uh, and there's an advertising from for, for that event right there by his column. And he has a very interesting outlook on life, especially on food. And I like the uh, his first column was uh, named Food is Life. And I couldn't agree more because in so many... Uh, ways and aspects it, it does affect us all and what we eat is an effect uh, you know makes us it uh, contributes to how we feel how we look
0: yeah you are what you eat we are what we yeah. eat he's a good writer too he's clearly an intelligent man uh he's clearly got a lot of experience in gourmet things he says something really great in his salute to the grill <clears throat> steven I'm, i probably should avoid asking your opinion about this because you know, I I don't want to make you unpopular with any of your uh, customers, so I won't ask you your opinion, but he mentions the difference between a gas grill and a charcoal grill, and that, well, with a gas grill, you can put wood chips on there, you know, maybe mesquite or something to get a better flavor. To me, there's no comparison. Uh, I I absolutely just love charcoal. Gas grills are great, I understand. they're They're so nice, easier to control the flame and all. I've used both extensively. I'm a charcoal guy
1: period but the best and and i mean the best is is wood and oh yeah, yeah my yeah.
2: god yeah it's, that's uh,
1: the, and it but you also feel feel like uh, you know everybody likes to grill it's uh, some people uh, put it uh, sort of for some people it, and i think uh, keith writes about it for some people it's uh, just a spare time uh you know favorite spare time for some people, it's a sport. For some people, it's even a, relig- a religion. Some so, people, it's competitive. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <clears throat> starting with the gas, nothing wrong with starting with the gas grill because, and, and then you, it's almost like you graduate to more complicated flavors and complicated. Uh, you 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 go from the gas to uh, charcoal, from the charcoal to wooden grill. We have a lot of customers that come from uh, countries like Brazil and Argentina. Uh, coming up, you can sti- still see the guys. First of all, you recognize they immediately asking for familiar cuts. Sure. From that particularly, they asking, sure. asking for matambre. They asking for picania, and they they speak with a with an accent. So picania,
0: hardly know <laughs> you. So we, they actually sell regular wood grills for that.
1: Correct. For cooking. And the guy said, you know what? In in our country, when we uh, go to the butcher, we usually pick up uh, the woods. For cool. the grill Very you cool. might want to think about just carrying the you know uh, sort of the wood for for, for the grill for uh, they call it churrasco for churrascaria. created yeah, you, you, you have a wooden grill interestingly enough uh, one of the local restaurants um, pharmacy pharmacy yeah uh, has that w- special uh, wood grill uh, so cool and steaks come out of that is unbelievably different you know let me ask you something Stephen
0: do you have any opinion on wrapping things in aluminum foil on the grill? To me, it's forbidden,
1: but I, people do it. I don't do it. okay, I don't do it. I'm uh, I don't see a reason for yeah, that contact with the fire is what everything really changes the flavor. you need that uh, and if you don't really, if you're afraid of uh, things are flaring up or catching up on fire, just move it set away height? exactly from yeah. the direct uh, fire.
0: I never quite understood that. And I, you know, I think if you've got a good cut of meat, that's not required. With Absolutely, the right not. marbling and all. It's yeah. because it's uh, sort of emoliating from the inside out.
1: I think some people wrapping up. It, it, it's. Uh, uh, I, I think it's in French. It's called a papillon uh, cooking method. Uh, Butterfly. An, an envelope. Uh, you know. Sure. And uh, it's. Um, gives more of a steam and maybe if that's the purpose if that's the the aim uh, to to steam up the the inside of the meat maybe it's worth doing otherwise uh, once again I, I i don't see the reason for it fair enough
0: now here's an interesting thing that always gets me people are are you know such sticklers or they used to be about oh you know no white shoes or light shoes or pants after labor day etc people tend to grill less i think that's idiotic To me, grilling, especially in the winter when there's snow out there, you know, as a skier, I mean, I love. It, there's no difference it's no more difficult to go out on the patio in the winter and uh, fire it, up it is self. a little
1: bit uh, the challenging to bring it to the right temperature because you know it's much much easier to do and sure. it does affect uh, to control the temperature sure uh, it can it affects smoking it affects grilling sometimes when it's bitter we, we grill throughout the, the winter yeah and sometimes you look up and it's uh, outside is like negative you know like uh, below freezing and you're like uh, it's gonna take like forever You're gonna stay, you know. So you kind of weigh up your options. Do you do it? Go, yeah. Maybe I do. Just have to put a heavier coat. Uh, Yeah,
0: put and put the lid on the grill. I mean, I just to me, it's a real big treat in the dead of winter when things are cold, or especially this time of year, like when we get into Indian summer. There's nothing like uh, fresh, sweet corn grilled next to a steak or to chicken in Indian summer, to me.
1: And, and believe it or not, uh, actually the wooden grill is better in the winter because, you know, the gas is any kind of substance. It's uh, not as, um, it, it, it's not an expanded uh, state. The pressure is different, uh, the, the flame is weaker, so to speak, on, on a colder day. You know, yeah. a lot of people can notice that. And uh, unless you're using a regulator, you know, like a pressure regulator, which is uh, you know sort of like a commercial side of the cooking. Yeah. It's it's kind of challenging. This is why it's uh, it pays to gradually sort of like come to those higher uh, skill level and uh, get yourself uh, familiar with the charcoal briquettes or, or even a wood.
0: Well you know most people the the typical life of uh, a a non Weber gas grill is a summer, and usually that um I don't know what that burner thing is called but the thing under the burner rusts out, and that's why on bulk pickup day, everybody's got a grill out there yeah it's that's crazy. It. So I think maybe that's the point at which people should roll it out to the curb and then say, now I'm going to graduate to charcoal or wood.
1: Believe it or not, for very, very long time, because uh, like I said, uh, I do like a wooden, uh, you know, flavor better and a way to sure. control. You take one of those rusted uh, Weber grills. No where you're you going just, with you, this. Uh, you just take those uh, things that obsolete, uh, longer uh, have holes and run it, uh, run it through and you Put the woods in there. Yeah, that's what I used to do. You know, if
0: somebody's throwing away a big, enormous grilling set. And
1: I used one uh, of those for many, many years.
0: Yeah, and you can really get a much better product out of it. It's funny you say that. I'm glad to hear it. Um, And it's interesting. I've always wanted to ask you, Stephen, about that. But at Sam's Meat Warehouse, do people start to dwindle down
1: now as far as your guest visits, picking up uh, meat? no it the uh, sort of like the menu if you will uh, changes up a bit uh, the cold it will get the we're going to get more of a stew and roast uh, oh, kind yeah. of menu chicken is the uh, beginning of the school year always is, is uh, chicken sad, season yeah. and uh, but no steaks are still uh, prevalent you know okay. uh, people they're still asking it's probably going to the ratio is going to change you know, uh, especially right now, the pricing, uh, the restaurants. We deal a lot right now, right before the weekend. Uh, everybody's stocking up, and we have to actually go out. and I uh, strongly recommend um, because right now, the bondless New York Strip is the item of the moment. is is almost out of reach. It's so expensive. It's the item that normally trades as a commodity, anywhere between nine and let's say twelve dollars. Okay. For for the top of the line prime, now you cannot touch it for less than eighteen ninety nine, eighteen nineteen dollars a pound, and that's that's a trading, that's a commodity price. By the right. time we get it, by the time we trim it, by the time it uh, makes it to the consumer, it's it's uh, I feel uh, guilty almost, uh, you know, putting up a price tag on it, even though we are wholesale, we offer the best price around, uh, which we can probably discuss more in depth uh, right after we come from the break.
2: Sam's
0: Meat Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT. Or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is John Tesh. Tune in for great music and intelligence
2: for your life on weekdays at 1 p.m. as we assemble the tips, the facts, and the news you need to be happier, healthier, more lovable, and more fun to be around. Radio worth listening to. We put the intelligence out there. You decide what to do with it. The Warwick Valley Dispatch has been run by the same family since 1885 and is your local newspaper covering Warwick, Goshen, Monroe, Middletown and all the great towns, villages and neighborhoods in Orange County. The Dispatch reports on all the news that affects residents, organizations and businesses throughout the county. So if you want to promote your business or organization, email editor at wvdispatch.com. Shop local, subscribe to the Warwick Valley Dispatch.
0: Hi, I'm Dave Edwards, and I invite you to join me every Sunday night when we'll showcase a perfect album. I'll start with side one, track one, and we'll play every song in order from the record. A few bonus songs, as well as some trivia, too, right here on radio worth listening to. W-T-B-Q, G-H-T Weather. A chilly and fall-like start to your Saturday. Look for lots of sunshine today, a perfect day for outdoor activities. Temperatures will be in the 70s in the afternoon. Clear and comfortable by tonight back in the 50s. More sun than clouds on your Sunday, a bit on the breezy side, and a touch warmer in the low 80s. Mixed sun and clouds, perhaps an isolated shower on Monday, 80 to 85, and much of the same on Tuesday. From the WTBQ Weather Center, i meteorologist Michael Prianti. WTBQ, and we're back with Free Speech, Stephen Keeter's weekly show here on radio worth listening to. WTBQ, and we are, as often is the case, uh, talking about meat and grilling. And I had a question right before we heard a word from our sponsors. Uh, Steven was talking about the pricing of meat. And I had read in the news that <laughs> yeah, we're from the government. We're here to help. I'd read that the government, the federal government was somehow going to try to intercede, to bring those prices down. And so far cheaper's that just hasn't happened.
1: No. And I don't think, uh, it will anytime soon, unless they will start subsidizing and uh, oh the cost of the meat that uh, what we see right now is the result of uh, government intervention to begin with, uh, because that's essentially the shortage of labor. Sure. And you can't uh, expect people, why would somebody in in the right mind, so to speak, you know, go go to work, if the government paying you more to stay home. That's what we're seeing It's summer, it's beautiful, it's all those uh, uh, assisted programs, all this PPI and uh, protection and uh, pandemic relief funds, offering you enough money uh, for unemployment and staying home why uh, would somebody go get up in the morning get in the car drive uh, work and, and stuff like that so what we're seeing right now is the direct results of uh, government interfering that's a great point and you know according to where you work let's say you know let's say
0: it's New York City well that you know now you've got even other problems like just to get into your place of employment you know without getting into that necessarily on your show I'm not ever trying to push things in any direction at all. But I mean there're just more let's just say there're more and more challenges, uh, fewer and fewer reasons for many of previously employed Americans to go back to work. It's, it's really a scary situation. So you've said many times on this show Stephen that that's why the beef prices are so high and we or all meat prices. It's a shortage
1: of labor. Yeah. Right now it's not a short it's no any other reason. It's for it's not for any other reason. And not for the lack of uh, cattle or beef or farmers working hard. Uh, Not at all. It's a shortage of labor processing and uh, the plants working and packers working, uh, half-staffed, and uh, that's exactly what it is. And it's strangely enough, uh, because sometimes it manifests itself in very different ways. Like there's certain items that are very high on the list, and those, once again, is uh, boneless strip for a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Short trips... Which, uh, for the life of me, I, I do not understand because, uh, you know, it's a usually a winter item. Yeah. Sam's Meat Warehouse used to sell them on sale. You know, you have one of those lost leaders when you're yep. almost like giving it at the cost. Of course. Two ninety nine, two ninety nine on sale. I cannot touch it. I cannot, uh, and we have people uh, trading. We we dealing with the traders as a commodity. Uh, imagine the stock market, a right. stock actually has its uh, roots in a stock, in a, in a livestock. Hence the word, yeah. Uh <clears throat> For less than $9, less than 8 and a Commodity price? Commodity price. So what
0: do? That's insane, because when it gets to you, people don't understand. It's not like you just take it off a truck and lay it on the counter. Correct. You guys have so to butcher we, it out. Right
1: now it's at $10. And once again, it used to be a $3 item all day, all year long. This is uh, not actually in season yet, because that... That's a winter uh, dish. This is a braising kind of uh, cut that everybody enjoys in the winter. That makes your house smell wonderful. Sure. But this is right now. It's uh, if anybody's, if you see it, and it's I guarantee it's not going to be less than ten dollars.
0: Stephen, it's interesting because a year ago you were talking about how there's so much even higher. mm, How can I put it? Like higher
1: quality. USDA prime because as a result of as a result of pandemic because uh, it, it's you see everything timing is has a lot to do with it that time when uh, the animals were put for the let's say 90 days or 120 days in a feedlot boom the the covid just uh, came uh, in and and everything was put on hold and those animals remained. <laughs> In, in a feedlot yeah uh, living the high life, exactly. really. exactly so the amount of prime that came as a result of that uh, shutdown pandemic shutdown all of a sudden was at very affordable and if anybody remembers uh, those specials we still have maybe not to that degree but we were uh, running like dry age specials when people yes. uh, put a slab with the sam smith warehouse it dry, it dry ages there for no extra charge it's trimmed and cut once again at no extra charge and uh, it, it's amazing when you pull out uh, something that has been sixty day uh, for agents. People, some people take it that long, and you see the price paid, and it's like seven dollars. Oh my God! And those were smart people. One hundred percent. It's seven dollars. We cannot buy uh, those no. prime short loins for seven dollars anymore. We have to pay more than double. Do, do people ever not claim their dry HP?
0: Uh, didn't happen yet. <laughs> no, I, I can't imagine. I, I can see somebody, some schmendrick saying mm, dry HP, Bitcoin, dry HP, mm-hmm bitcoin no it,
1: it's it's a great it's a great value it's sure. a great investment if you will it never uh, because you yes you you can find uh, dry aged beef you uh, there's a lot of uh, choices there's a lot of uh, internet there's a lot of uh, you know din and de lucas De braggers and other yeah. uh, bushes that are <coughs> there available but expect to pay anywhere uh, in around 59 to let's say 89 dollars a pound Amazing. So on average you will get you will pay about seventy dollars a pound, and here you pay seven. It goes in the same process. It goes in the same uh, controlled environment. It's cut to your order. It's cut to your likings, as thick or thin as you like, and you paid uh, like literally a pennies on a dollar.
0: What do you see happening? Uh, In the next few months, Stephen, as far as those prices, as far as- I
1: really was hoping, I was looking up, I think the uh, government, the result of this uh, labor shortage is the, uh, once again, that policy that would allow people to stay home and get paid uh, for for staying home. Uh, And I believe those should have been expired on a a federal level. It's already expired, I believe. Right. On a state level, New York, I just read that they extended the eviction moratorium. Which, uh, once again, doesn't make any, not a single uh, thread of uh, sense. Because if you think about it, people who stay home and don't pay uh, rent, they stay home because they don't want to work. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, because uh, this is uh, everybody's still collecting. Everybody's collecting money. Uh, we're going to have a lot of... Uh, smaller like moms and pups who work hard uh, all their lives to 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 save those a couple of dollars become a, maybe a landlord have a little bit of put aside for for the future and, and to me the the real double jeopardy
0: is this um <clears throat> now the landlords are the individuals uh tasked with paying the taxes Correct. they rely on these people no just relief. to make their tax there's nut. no
1: relief on that end there's no relief but
0: here's Here's the real paradox. These programs that allow people to sit at home, not work, and not have to pay rent funded by, by taxpayers, taxes. by the actual <laughs> landlords. It's amazing. You know, um this isn't a political commentary. I, I mean, you know, I, I know I'm gonna hear from somebody, Jay, I didn't know you were so conservative. I'm not, this is common sense. When you're asking the very people who pay the taxes, to pay the people, not to pay them rent anymore, not to work—that yeah. is a what? What kind of a, a formula for disaster is that?
1: No, this is not a political statement uh, or stant uh, uh, in any way. We're talking meat prices, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great, great point. You, you know, but, uh, you you said an amazing thing to me once. I
0: I presume it's okay to share because you said sure. it lightheartedly. <laughs> I, well, no, I, you know, I'm not an idiot you were we were talking about something and i said oh you know that person they're they're pretty liberal and you said yes they're young a young person (laughs) uh who's not liberal doesn't have a heart an older person who doesn't have some conservatism doesn't have a brain there's a certain point where we embrace all sides of the aisle Absolutely. according to heart yeah. and, and mind and we're, we're all always changing and it was a very nice point you weren't saying that liberals are mindless or that conservatives are heartless you were kind of saying the opposite you were saying everybody's trying to find a balance in this case it's not political it's not about that balance it's just about mathematics
1: it's about the economics of our today's life it is what it is and uh, you ask me, what, what do you think is going to happen? I think it. Uh, we don't have uh, too rosy over next couple of months to look forward to because it's no secret that um, the state budget, those uh, decisions are made on a state level. The state budget is actually we uh, coming into shortage. Comes uh, yeah. January, February, when uh, you know all when you're going to start working on the taxes, uh, according to. Uh, People who, uh, you know, our uh, representative uh, senators, uh, there's a shortage. And I remember uh, Senator Martucci, the, you know, talking on, on, on his Friday show, said there's a shortage of 12 billion with the B that the state has to face, and that money has to come from someplace.
0: You know, this reminds me of something. Um, uh, roughly 25 years ago, I was living in a place that was then called Czechoslovakia. <laughs> and uh, the cssr and i you know i was married at the time uh, to a resident there wonderful human being and i remember seeing these old babichki the uh, these old ladies walk around the street picking up scrap wood and scraps just to go home and burn and i i just thought my god that that level of poverty in what should be a really beautiful cosmopolitan city was is happening and um the response i got from my wife was well look at what's happening i mean the the, the The government pays people to go sit at a job and just file their nails just so they can say, hey, look, we have no unemployment, look how good. everybody is being paid not to work and this is what happens as a result. And it was such a, when finally things broke free and uh, the velvet divorce and all happened, it was such an economic jarring shock to everybody there, good and bad. It was a scary situation. I know you know what I'm talking about because that's what I'm seeing right now happening here
1: uh well yeah, you know i do remember uh, those days very vividly I, I was much younger i do remember those uh, endless lines I, I remember getting up uh you know you have to stand in line I- in order to buy bread and butter and uh, just then the, uh, you know those necessary things uh, for survival so to speak uh, i do remember on the other hand that uh, you know that also i never felt like we were that poor Right. You know, because we never knew there was another side to it. We never knew there was this, the abandonment. We never. So you grew up um, frugal to to an extent and uh, respectful of what you have and appreciative of what you have. Sure. Um, the very uh, efforts that I see, uh, you know, people uh, they do in uh, under much uh sort of like a bigger slogans like saving the planet and saving the ocean and saving uh, the the uh, you know humanity uh, but in reality we were doing that without uh, you know putting uh, those headlines uh, overhead uh, i remember recycling uh, plastic bags we were you we used sure. to wash ziplocks ziplocs uh, because you only have three uh, you know so if you wanted to oh ziplocs those things oh, were, those, those, those like, were
0: solid gold when i used to bring 100%. those for my mother-in-law <laughs>
1: you know the it, empty bottles you cannot find now it is like uh, they go they worry about them going into the landfill but back there oh
0: forget it all
1: right more memories from uh, soviet union <laughs> after the break <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices.
0: Are you a foodie, a wine connoisseur, or love both? Then join the conversation every Thursday at 11 a.m. with Stephen Keeter and his renowned guests, restaurateurs, chefs, and sommeliers on Food for Thought right here on Radio Worth Listening To.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Pierre-Louis, a clinical psychologist. I will take your calls and I will answer all your personal and business relationship questions, helping you create a life healthy in mind, body, and spirit every Friday at 11 a.m.
0: WGHT, Pompton Lakes.
2: Your community radio station since
0: 1969. WTBQ. Warwick, I didn't live that.
1: And we're back with uh, free speech uh, right here uh, with the... Jay Westeron, Stephen Keeter, and we're sort of uh, reminiscing on uh, different times and different countries uh, we we lived in, right? Yeah,
0: sorry for not watching the
1: booth, Taylor. (laughs) Stephen and I are so
0: deep in conversation (laughs) that we didn't realize we were being, you know, called into the office, so to speak. Uh, It it happens. Uh, But yeah, really reminiscing. And uh, I I apologize for bringing it back to uh, things Soviet. That wasn't... It's
1: okay. It's uh, honestly, uh, you know, it's part of the life. I... uh, you know, remember those uh, days I, I, with the certain sentiment and love, and uh, it uh, seems like nothing bothered uh, at that time, uh, me, you know. And like I said, we were doing what people doing right now um, throughout the world, through the most developed countries, uh, but doing it quietly without any pompous uh, attitude, uh, slogans. And, uh, sure. Once again, if you... See, America is such a land of... Uh, a, abandoncy, you know like we have so uh a, a lot of everything yeah. you know so uh, very often it's uh you, you know you, the generation that uh, grew up here and was born here takes it for granted doesn't it seems like it will never end and uh, thus uh you know they don't appreciate uh very often what what they have what we have currently yeah you know it's only when you know the the what it Takes to, to raise that particular product. What what it do, how much labor that goes in uh, that it's not uh, freely available to anybody in in especially in other countries. You know, um, you develop different level of appreciation for sure for things.
0: Yeah. Over the break, I was telling you real quickly how my mother in law would get up before the rest of us just to go stand in line for nine hours for one lousy brown dried out apple that looked more like a big prune on steroids, and we were thankful. Yeah, I made yeah. sure I I showed thanks. Uh, and, you know, and these The
1: food was rationed. Uh, you know, it's uh, you had to get up uh, in the middle of the night. You have to stand in line. You have to stand in line for many, many, many hours just to get um, things uh, like butter, uh, things like certain grains. Uh, you know. Yeah, we. You know, I, we're getting. We're setting up.
0: I mean, I don't think that this place is going to collapse uh, quite to that level, but we're certainly setting up the stage for something where there's going to be a lot of rationing. I mean, people have this <clears throat> this conceptual. Uh, idea of this federal reserve like this fort knox that just is out there well let's let a few you know giant gold bricks the size of a house go so that you know people can buy. No, and price. even in e- even
1: in our land of plenty look at this the certain uh, premium cuts for the moment and I, and i'm talking firsthand the knowledge here exactly. and inside the trips and uh, tips and knowledge uh right now sam smith warehouse we're not stocking up on a premium stakes like uh Boneless uh, New York strip. Right. At the uh, trading pr- price of, uh, you know, north of $18, it's out of the reach for many, many people. By the time it's trimmed, by the time it's uh, wrapped, by the time, uh, you know, you, you worked all those overhead expenses, by the time it reaches the consumer, that top of the line product, and we're talking, of course, top of the line, uh, USDA Prime, should cost no less than 24 Some people will charge $29 a pound. Sure. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, especially if you're feeding a your family. I feel almost guilty. There are restaurants, to, to whose credit, once again, I have to mention some of uh, those, they, they put up the steak as good, if not better, than you would expect to eat at uh, Peter Lugo Smith & Walensky. Uh, right here in Goshen, go to pharmacy. You're going to get uh, that quality steak prepared on a wooden grill. I think that special grill is called Pariah. And once again, that... Uh, a restaurateur goes out of his way to deliver that quality uh you know picking up crunching up the numbers you know i'm just passing uh, essentially just like we're passing savings to our customers we're passing increase to uh our wholesale accounts and uh, you almost cringe at the total and, and the numbers that you have, you have to, to do it
0: yeah and it's not you know it's not your own doing you know exactly. i think people realize that the uh <clears throat> you know the the proprietor of the restaurant is in you know He's not pocketing that difference. No, one hundred percent.
1: But my point was: uh, see how quickly we came to uh, taking things for granted, uh, enjoying that premium steaks, the New York strips. uh, Give me four. Give me twelve. Make them thick. Make them two and a uh, half an inch uh, uh, thick. You know, all of a sudden, they out of the reach for many, many people. Now it's like, uh, hmm, maybe uh, there's a chicken. Tonight for dinner, especially if you entertain, if especially if you're feeding a crowd, if you're indulging yourself, yes, you can probably get yourself a sliver and uh, be happy with it. But see how quickly, in a matter of three weeks, all of a sudden, uh, things that we used to take for granted is no longer there. That's amazing.
0: That's a really great point, and the, you know, this is becoming <clears throat> all too often the the theme here in uh, Land of the Free, home of the brave, is you know over a period of weeks we're you know losing something else and something else and um you know i won't say a lot more on that it's just uh we keep losing things all the time and it, it it's happening less and less subtly each time like it's increasing at an increasing rate and to me that's yeah, kind of alarming.
1: You, you know, we, we all, uh, as uh, like savvy uh, buyers and consumers, we try to, uh, and he, here's another thing, you know, like uh, I always repeat the same sort of like uh, fact that there's two kinds of Europe. We had uh, oh, yeah. uh, two gentlemen here on the last uh, Food for Thought show. One was from Denmark and uh, another one was from Italy, uh, the, the sort of like the background, the roots. And the, those two cannot be more opposite. Denmark is is cold europe is uh, warm has uh, many veggies or offered harvests you know and that reflects on the life and, and uh, how we how we live in in those northern europe we pickle everything we oh, uh, yeah. unless you prepare for the winter the winter is coming <laughs> and uh, during the summer you better be uh, working and pickling the summer is short and picking up uh, the fruits of uh, the summer and uh, making sure they uh, last you uh, through the winter Absolutely. in italy there's one harvest gets replaced by the other, you have you don't have to worry. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: a lot of people don't understand that a lot of the uh, food that we associate with modern Italy um, is a result really of really poor times where they actually had to just eat weeds and had to just eat mushrooms and things like that because yeah. there was so little out there uh, to find. So it's, you know, all of our food habits really reflect our cultures, uh, as you always say. You know, it's sort of, um, a thesis of your shows, of a lot of conversation with you, is that our food is our culture. And that's very poignant and true. I mean, things start getting much worse. Uh, who knows, people are going to be pulling over for roadkill more often, like
1: like I always have. <laughs> well, let's not uh, uh, paint that. But, you know, it, it helps. We And, and we prize sort of ourselves. I pretty much think that anybody kind of, things that they uh, see far enough, uh, like sort of like far-seeing people and uh, prepare themselves to certain, just like you prepare, uh, okay, you have to put money away uh, for the kids because one day they're gonna grow up, they would like to go to college. You prepare yourself uh, you know, for those maybe uh, ripe uh, years of uh, when you're getting older that you're not gonna be able, so you're putting something aside uh, for that. And it's the same uh, thing we used to, uh, you know, like in, in those colder, uh, less uh, plenty environments, you you, you rush in things. You know, yeah. you, you're trying to prepare yourself for certain things that uh, you know, you know, the winter is coming.
0: It's a great so, analogy. So, so, r- it's an r- excellent analogy.
1: At, at the same time, right now, it's very, very difficult to predict what's going to happen what what is the market going how is it going to react Is the somebody asked me i honestly think the prices should be uh, dropping but they not and um but there's way uh, around it uh, not necessarily have to stick to new york strip that's currently high and this is what we offer into the restaurants there's a lot of uh, restaurants coming in talking to uh, sam's meat warehouse asking what's out there we're introducing them to new even better maybe cuts maybe not as uh, you know readily available maybe not as classic maybe not as uh, you know but it's uh, it's not in any way less of a stake i know that
0: uh, what's an example of one
1: uh jay's place uh the guy stopped by and that uh, restaurant has been uh, mentioned many times at uh, especially by uh, Stephen fuller of okay. uh, you know who uh Foolish finds Yeah, fuller's finds on right on instagram so um uh, there's a gentleman who walked through the door and introduce himself as Jay, Ask what's a restaurant Jay's place. I immediately knew it. We start talking about the menu and uh, we set them up. Uh, there's gonna be a new item on the menu. He's gonna feature uh, sirloin strip, which is like, this is our proprietary steak. It's uh, sort of the derivative of uh, picanha, sure. which is considered to be the queen of steaks uh, by many, uh, in many countries that know a uh, thing or two about meat, Argentina, Brazil. So, uh, yeah, you, you don't have to. In other words, we're trying to constantly reinvent uh, ourselves. And, and you have to educate the cus- consumer and customers that the, if something becomes very, very expensive for the moment, let's say, sure. okay, no big deal. Let's switch it. We'll, we'll, we'll offer you equally good uh, substitute at half the price just like Terrace Major versus Filet Mignon. Filet Mignon is an expensive item. We'll give you Terrace Major the fraction of the price. Which
0: makes no sense because there's so much less Terrace Major on a a cow than there is, or on an animal than there is uh, uh, Filet. Um, What about uh, Flank?
1: Flank is very undervalued. Of course. Right now is is uh, it's more or less it's about a dollar, uh, maybe a dollar fifty more that you normally used to cost, but Not so scary. we went out and like I said, we uh, pride ourselves uh, on uh, being able to work with different uh, sources and different uh, products, and we brought domestic vagus skirt, uh, domestic wagyu flanks that right now at the very same price, but such an amazing quality. Uh, Interesting. That just blow any usda prime out of the water so that's probably a good alternative for people as well to oh, look
0: at flank the, if they know how to prepare it or absolutely t- yeah. and
1: it's in uh, the sometimes the quality of the meat you have to really try really hard to to, to sort of like uh, extract to, to, it yeah <laughs> uh, and then not make it uh, delicious because everything is there already in nature done for you you have that intramuscular marbling you have yeah. that uh, tenderness you have short fibers in the muscle itself so you have to really uh, try hard overcooking it, and that's usually the up, biggest yeah. mistake. So that's the only way you you can mess it up is just to overcook it.
0: Yeah, and so overcooking is really easy to avoid. Try to undercook it. If you get it and it's too undercooked, you can always cook it a little yep. more. You can never uncook something. That's very true. That's People very true. just don't overcook.
1: And today uh, I noticed like there's uh, also the... Um, like everything else, like any industry, everything from computers to the f- telephones. If you remember what kind of telephone you had uh, 20 years ago and what you, everybody's working in right now, and it gives you the news, weather, uh, massage almost, uh, your heartbeat, your, your blood pressure, you know, it's all uh, measuring up sure. all those different apps. The cooking technology developed as rapidly as well just computers just like cars you nowadays you have those uh, insane probes that uh, you you just uh, put a probe in, in a steak and it'll send a signal to your phone you can go watch a sit no no it really? tells you, it tells you when it's done oh that's crazy things like sous vide uh, you know it, it's once again you cannot overcook and it's a foolproof methods of uh, used to be only sort of like molecular gastronomy and uh, you sure. know uh, those there used to be a domain of the really cookie chefs now everybody has one at their pantry now
0: that's uh really cookie apps yeah <laughs> <laughs> interesting very interesting Stephen. um you know it's it's always good to hear these developments especially the things that are going well uh in that industry because you know now more than ever um just a, a simple steak dinner can at least make people feel a little better yep go to sleep a, a little more calmly than usual
1: simpler the better the less you cook it the less you mess with it the less you subject it to any kind of like crazy culinary you know steps oh, yeah. uh, limit number of uh, once again ingredients number of steps it's less processed it's all natural i uh, frankly yeah, I think I told you that uh, kind of it became an ongoing joke when I went to a doctor about 20 years ago and he asked me whether uh, how often I eat meat and uh, so forth, you know. And uh, it came to the point when I started worrying and I said, Doc, well, what's the matter? And uh, he said, Well, you don't have any cholesterol, not even a good one, not even a bad one. I was, my thought was suggesting to eat more meat. And uh, because he was asking questions like, how often do you eat it? Is it a good steak? I said, ah, come on, the best money could buy, <laughs> you know, And yeah. often enough, the daily, you know. So that has been 20 years ago. I just had a uh, blood work done. Same thing. Good. Same thing. I, and I don't know whether it's good uh, because you're apparently supposed to have some and I don't have any. Uh, There's there's a good cholesterol Yeah, yeah, of course But I think it might have an explanation Because the good uh, cholesterol is there And it's good because it helps Body get rid of bad cholesterol Yes So if you don't have any bad cholesterol Then uh, things that that, uh, agent that takes it away The good cholesterol could be absent Once again, I have very, very little of either one uh,
0: very interesting, very So, very interesting.
1: But I do indulge myself on, on as much meat as I could eat. I, uh, you know, That seems to work for me. I'm not uh, trying to con- convert or convince anybody. Uh, but uh, it's quick. It takes about uh, 10 minutes to prepare dinner. And once yeah. you have a protein on, on, on the plate, everything else is easy, whether it's uh, just a, a tomato in season, whether it's a piece of bread, whatever, maybe it's a, uh, an onion that we are you know so lucky to have uh, right here in blood uh, in the black dirt region uh, it's it's once again it's very very simple it, so if you cut number of ingredients number of steps if it's less processed less Absolutely. handled that that's in my opinion is a perfect diet
0: and that you know that goes for so many things in life Yeah, you know, just simplicity simplicity 100 percent. yeah it's funny you know there's the old um, <clears throat> sort of I don't know if you'd call it a joke or I can't think of the right thing to call it. It's certainly not a fable, but the story about the rock soup or the stone soup where somebody, you know, you make stone soup, you boil some water, you put a rock in it. That's not going to taste good, but they put so many ingredients in it. It has nothing to do with the stone at the end. You remove the stone. You've got this great vegetable soup with a bunch of meat and all. Well, you don't have to do that to good meat you know don't do that do that when you have something really horrible you know add all those things yes. Put so many garnishes so many spices so
1: well and not to take uh, if you really insist on having something extra uh, introduced into your meat trust me the supermarkets they're doing good enough job uh, without you uh, even oh, contributing well said Well <laughs> said. there's the uh, they injecting with all kind of uh, sodium solution uh, there's sometimes they put uh, the dye in, uh, in in a feed so that salmon looks a little brighter sure uh, so there's a lot of uh, things that uh, sh- do not belong so if you really kind of if you really worry what you're putting in, in your mouth in your body n- just uh, stick to simple things uh, go for a farm-raised uh, chicken go for the once again farm-raised animal uh, get a very little salt and pepper usually is enough to wake up your taste buds and bring that uh, piece of meat to, to tasting perfect
0: yeah the, the only uh, I think the only takeaway from that is still just stick with smaller smaller uh, batches, you know, yeah. farm
1: stuff. All right. Uh, well, I think that's uh, it for today. Uh, thank you for everybody joining. Uh, Jay, thank you for being here today. And we will uh, see everybody else a week from today, next Saturday, 11 o'clock. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you.